Welcome to the Earwig Review. Welcome to this week's episode of the Earwig Review. Um, today, I want to begin talking about a book that I got to read this week. It's called The Art of Power by Thich Nhat Hanh. One of my favorite authors, um, and I could. It's difficult to explain. I think how much his books have meant to me um, over the years, and kind of looking back at um, some p- parts of my life that um, that I I really felt like these books made a huge difference in supporting me through some of the some of my the struggles I went through Um, figuring out how how to um, find my sense of self and uh, it's been a little while since I've read one of his books I don't know how long couple years and reading it now I was able to see how much of an impact that um, that his books had on me in that time so I felt um, really uh, happy about that and this book I also I've read it a a time when I think I really, um, it was just perfect. The timing was just perfect. I went to the library, um, at whatever point last, I don't remember which day last week. And I was just kind of browsing around the shelves because I felt, um, like I had the time and this, I just, this stuck out to me and, uh, and I just started reading it and I finished it really fast and you know his, his books are so easy to read and i'm and uh he's really not trying to make you work for understanding or to get the message it's just so like um something about the writing that way that that i really admire so much it's not dense um a lot of books you read, they're dense because they have nothing better to do and because they think they're supposed to be dense because if it's dense, it's good. But I feel like he is, uh, this is like an antidote for, for that. Um, a couple weeks ago, there was a quote from Carl Nausgaard's book that I read Maybe I might have even read it twice on the podcast already, but I want to uh, read it one more time. And then I have, I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a counterpoint from from Thich Nhat Hanh's book, but um, maybe uh, uh, I want to put the two in line and uh, um, to kind of illustrate a train of thought. So here's, Um, Karl Nausgaard's quote, uh, he's talking about form. 
form is a prerequisite for literature. That is its sole law. Everything has to submit to form. If any of literature's other elements are stronger than form, such as style, plot, theme, if any of these take control over form, the result is poor. That is why writers with a strong style often write poor books. That is also why authors with strong themes also write poor books. Strong, strong themes and styles have to be broken down before literature can come into being. It is this breaking down that is called writing. Writing is more about destroying than creating. And I like that quote a lot. I, f I find that to be helpful and clarifying. And, uh, and I, I, I agree. Um, in, in, in what he's trying to say at that within the context. So here's something Thich Nhat Hanh is saying um, in his book. Whatever form you take, whatever path you take, if you are attached to the form, you cannot get the happiness you want. But when you know how to cultivate understanding and compassion in every moment of your life, the outer form of your life doesn't matter anymore. Wherever there is form, wherever there is perception, there is delusion. We have to be very careful about basing our decisions on the appearance of things, on the outer form. To find happiness, enlightenment, and compassion, you have to be free, not fooled by your perceptions. When you look at something deeply, you discover its nature, and you are no longer fooled by it. Since you are not fooled by the appearance, you no longer suffer, and you have the capacity to be happy. So I don't mean to pit those ideas against one another, but I think um, in tandem, they it, it kind of gets even closer to um, to the truth of it all, I suppose. Let me read one more quote from Thich Nhat Hanh, and, um, and maybe that will, and then, and then I'll talk a bit more about it, obviously. I'm a writer. I write stories, essays, books, and poems. There are times when I don't write. But that doesn't mean that writing isn't continuing inside me. When I water the vegetables, I just practice watering the vegetables. I enjoy watering my vegetable garden. I don't think about the poem or the short story, but I know that somewhere inside me the short story is being made. Even if I don't grow the lettuce, I can't write poems. So when you grow lettuce, you have to grow it with 100% of yourself and enjoy deeply the work of growing lettuce. Then, when you write a poem, the poem will be good. The moment you begin to write the words down is not exactly the moment you create the poem. While you practice mindful walking, breathing, and planting lettuce, without thinking at all about the poem, the poem is being written. The poem, or any work of art, is conceived in the depth of your consciousness while you're not thinking about it. 
The moment you write it down or express it is the only mo is, is the only moment of completion, like when a mother gives birth to her baby. Much has happened before this to make the baby or the artwork possible. This is why there must be moments when you allow the child in you to grow. The same is true with your business and your plans for the future. If you do well what you are doing in the here and now, then when the time comes for you to do the, to do other things, you will do them well with great, great concentration and insight. So he he refers to f- form. Now I'm drawing this con- this line between two things that maybe are, um, you know, not meant to be related but I'm conflating them for my own purposes. He talks about how f- when, you, when you are aiming towards form, you'll likely not find happiness. A hundred pages later, he says, I'm a writer. I write stories, essays, books, and poems. So, you know, you can't take form so seriously that um, that you lose sight of what is behind it, what the purpose of it as a shape is. But without it, you have no way to say anything, I suppose. I don't really know what conclusion I have to draw from both of those things but to me it just kind of gets to the bottom of um, I find a lot of comfort in in those those two things so I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about but that's okay (laughs) Um, so I read this book really enjoyed it and um, we'll see how it kind of comes out um, in the future, I literally just finished reading it and then recorded the the podcast here. So, um, I think all I can say is that things are going quite well at the moment. Um, we're inching closer towards having the baby, but, um, where it's everything's calm and, and under control for the most part. So that's that's good. Um, a lot of my focus has been on making these YouTube videos, enjoying that a lot. And um, I'm looking forward to beginning the next one, I suppose, tomorrow morning. So maybe I'll shoot a bit more for it today and, uh, and that'll be it. I also included a section from this podcast in last week's video. There's something about combining the worlds of this podcast and those videos that I have an itch to do um, to kind of streamline them all into some similar direction. I feel like these kind of thoughts of like form and, you know, abiding to it and not abiding to it and conflating these things and whatever um, whatever all that is 
has very everything to do with what it feels like to record a long podcast without any edits and then to record to do a video that's super edited and shot over the portion of a week so it's kind of these mirror um mirror tasks where in this one i write something every day that i then read on in the week here as this kind of in this podcast and then in the in the vlog on youtube it's like i shoot every day and then compile it for one kind of thing so they're like the processes are actually opposite in that way um which is very fun it's kind of like form versus improv or something like that um so what i when i have this urge to do is to find a way to combine those things together into kind of one form um but the form doesn't actually i don't actually fully understand what it is um and i feel like i'm i'm writing a lot but also the the form is actually video and podcast um and it's not as much written text even though my this i'm doing the same things to get to that point so it's confusing but it's fun and uh you know it's great i'm doing good um okay so i want to keep talking about tiknot han's book but i recorded myself um kind of breaking breaking it down as i read it so i suppose when i review that footage and go through the week then i'll um that'll that'll end up in the video so if you're interested um check that out and and uh see what kind of makes it through there. One of the things that really stuck with me with with his book though and uh it was near the end and he he's really just is talking about how um sometimes he's published a book and and many people read it and sometimes he publishes a book and no one reads it and it doesn't do very well and uh and he talks about learning how to um the the antidote for that like the way to deal with it is to write things that are uh, true to you really is it and uh and that's a really difficult thing in two ways one to write things that are actually true to yourself you can think you're being true to yourself and do it authentically but you may realize one day that you weren't <laughs> and that's and the, and you grow and the more work you make the more you practice your art the cl- i think the closer you can get to being true to yourself in that way 
on the other and then on the other hand so it's not like you can just do that and if okay i made this thing that's totally true to myself but i shared it with no one or not only a couple people saw it and you had and you had this feeling that you more people needed to see it not getting greedy about you know becoming world famous or something like that with with whatever it was but you know certain you have a desire that more people saw it than what they did than than they did and sometimes you make something and more people saw it than you wished it in the opposite way so working towards um you require an audience it's just part of it and i think i i pulled that i wish i had it more handy but there was a, a rick rubin quote from uh from his book, The Creative Act, that he spoke to that really concisely about the necessity of sharing our work and uh, and how important that can be. So it's, it's taken me a long time to, I guess, come to terms with the reality that, like, you know, fame and fortune um, aside, there's also an impulse for you to be seen and recognized by enough people or enough people that truly understand what you're saying. And then, and there's a completion there and there's a satisfaction there. And that's part of this whole process. And to starve yourself from that, um, is tough. It's like, it, it's really hard on the artist and that's um so you got to put the work in to get it out there enough that you're not upset about it all and i feel like he really spoke to that a lot in this in this book and uh and that's great i think it will it's very nutritional you know it wasn't uh, I feel like you know it's eating a really healthy, really healthy proteins in in this book. Maybe that's how I was trying to describe them in the beginning. It's like there's so much fucking protein in this guy's work, but it's this it's disguised as like just such a simple serving. It's like. Um, you know, it's not like a steak where you need to like really chew it and it's like so flavorful and, and everything. It's like so subtle, it's such a subtle thing, but there's so much protein packed into every bite in you and you'd never, and, and you would never believe it. You know, it's like, he's discovered like this magic, um, this magic bean. It's probably tofu. It's probably soy. <laughs> And, uh, but, but imagine his books are like, okay, if tofu had like a hundred percent, if tofu wasn't, there was no process to making it, it we could just pick it off of a, of a single tree. <laughs> if you could eat a, if you, this is what his books are. If you picked a single soybean and ate it and it had more protein than an entire cow 
that's what reading Thich Nhat Hanh's books are. <laughs> so that's what I would say if I had a, if I could write a quote on the back of his book. This is what His Holiness the Dalai Lama says, Thich Nhat Hanh shows us the connection between personal inner peace and peace on earth. Thich Nhat Hanh writes with the voice of the Buddha, says Sogyal Rinpoche. Thich Nhat Hanh is more my brother than many who are near to me in race and nationality because he and I see the exact same way. Thomas Merton. Thich Nhat Hanh is a holy man, for he is humble and devout. Martin Luther King Jr. Reading Thich Nhat Hanh is like eating a single soybean and it having more protein than an entire cow. Joshua Halal Barsky. That's what I would add to this. <laughs> um, so, hell yeah. And um, I don't think I brought this up. And if I did, you'll have to forgive me. But I just wanted to, like, like it is there's a lot of, like, religious context to it. A lot of, like, Buddhist teachings and all this kind of stuff. Uh and he, it's very palatable and it's not like, hey, you got to go be a Buddhist now or anything of the sort. Like he's like, these are the teachings. This is how, this is what we can learn from them. And, you know, it's not I'm like very inoffended by, by it. Not that I'm offended by any religion or whatever. It's not, not something I feel scared of. But um, he, viewing... I think when I've read his books in the past, I, you kind of, I thought of the, like the religious context was like very present. So it almost felt like it was like a different category of book because of that. But when I read it this time, I feel like I really just was trying to see him as an author, period. Like any other author I'd read, like same as Karl Ove, same as Rick Rubin, same as whatever other books I've read in in the recent past. Um, just think of him just as an author. And on that note, um, he's really, I, I really respect what he does and he's got to be one of my favorite, one of my favorite writers. Very cool. So, um, that was that was really a treat um this week was to to have the time to to read that book um i just i want to i just want to keep telling you that i, I feel like i want to spend the whole hour just telling you again <laughs> how how awesome it was to to read that book and just like how much um how much it kind of warmth it brings me i suppose in in last week's on last week's podcast, I was talking about Miriam and um, you know how much happiness she's able to bring to other people, and I that's kind of the idea I pulled out from the podcast and put into the the weekly vlog. I, that's what I'm talking about, and I get super emotional and all this kind of stuff and whatever. Um, but that's what this book is about. So. It's, What's interesting is like, you know, I was thinking about that a lot and like thinking that I was on, I think I even say in the video, like I'm unable to do it 
in that way. Like, I don't think I have the capacity. And what this book is about is having the capacity and doing that. Uh, figuring out how you can bring happiness to others. Um, and and that that's when he talks about power in this case. Like, that's what he's... That's a lot of what he's talking about. Like, that's what your power is. How you can have that for yourself and bring it to others. And, uh, and so that was in my mind. And it's almost like the, like the gravity just like, you know, brought me to when I was going through the shelves of the, the library, like this is all I saw, the art of power, the spine of the book. And maybe it's because I, I know his books and know what he's like. I'm like, I wonder what it, this is. And, and it was really aligned with, with those thoughts. So that was, that was good. You really got to trust your intuition and, you know, and follow it. It can lead you to some pretty, pretty cool places. So really inspired all around, um, by all of that. And, uh, a lot of really good, like parenting advice in this book too. He's very concerned with like being present for your family and, uh, you know, whatever family drama we've been going through in the last month, plus, you know, me having a, a daughter soon, I was like, this is very nurturing and grounding for me um, in this moment. And I wouldn't, I didn't expect this book to be about that so much, but uh, being present is basically the, the key to life, I think. <laughs> and that's, that's what it is. However, you can do that if it's, you know, any, any way you can do that, um, that's what's going to work. Okay. We have to get to work here now. Um, what posts did we come up with this week? Let's find out. Um... Lime sparkling water. I have a can of sparkling water. There's a lime twist to it. I'm happy to be drinking this soda. I'm happy. I'm, I'm here sitting at my desk enjoying a soda pop. I'm thinking of the future, anticipating what is to come. I'm looking forward to having time to focus. In this moment, I have time to focus, but somehow I'm wondering about tomorrow and wondering if I'll have time to drink a soda and sit at my desk and focus on doing a bit of writing. I don't have a solution. It is the way it goes. It is what it is. Good. Um, talking about when I'm like sitting in writing and being anxious about not having time to sit and write, especially once the baby's born. But even I say that it's like, I'm, I've always been in a state of not, of worrying. I don't have time to write it, it really like it, no matter when I've literally been unemployed 
and single and have zero obligations, I still feel like I'm don't have to, I'm, what if I don't have enough time to write? That's been there for so, so long. And, uh, I'd like to grow out of that. I don't know if that's really serving me. Um, but, uh, it's something to manage. And, uh, it's good. I can see why I was, I was drawn towards this book this week. If that was what I was writing last, last Sunday, I feel like I was getting into the zone, but, um, sitting and writing even for half an hour at the end of the day writing one poem when you have time that isn't enough i think it's taken me this is i've done this 847 times in this particular you know run uh, in this particular process that's if that isn't enough then nothing will be right as far as like okay you could write 3000 words in a day it still doesn't it's not enough gets so greedy when it comes to word count and writing and productivity but that one poem a day like that's you got to make that enough not to say that you shouldn't write other things and other prose and all that and that but i suppose my goal is to make each of these posts enough for the day and to actually feel satisfied or or okay i don't know if satisfied is the right word but to feel okay about it considering family it's strange to have family to me nothing has been as strange as that i'm not great at it siblings and siblings-in-law aunts and uncles all that shit i'm not good at it for the most part I feel like I cannot be myself around family. For the most part, I feel misunderstood and criticized. For the most part, I feel that I misunderstand and criticize. I'm unsure about it all. I'm having a family of my own soon. I'll try to make sure that my daughter feels okay about it all. Even if I am unable, I hope that she will. Um, that's good. I feel like there, that's like a, a level of honesty. I, I don't think I had gotten into before to just kind of admit like having, I think the, the big realization is like to really kind of put my finger on like having a family, like the way that it feels, it's so intense. And nothing ever will um, outdo that. And it's 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 weird. And uh, and the, and some people are seem to be better at it. And I'm not. I'm actually not good at it. As far as 
staying in touch, being there, calling, all this kind of stuff. I just, I feel like I'm, and I don't mean this to be like, uh, self-depreciating, but objectively, I think I'm like, as far as my generation, <laughs> like I'm clearly like the worst at it. Um, I'm off in my own world doing my own thing. And that's okay. That's it. I want. And I can see how I'd like to get better at it. I'll keep figuring that out. But uh, now that I'm having family of my own, it's like, I don't want to make certain mistakes I don't want to make. And uh, that I guess I don't have to make. And uh, as far as this going back to Thich Nhat Hanh again, presence is really the key, I think, is what he's saying is like, if you can be present for your family, it will work. And uh, he talks about it a lot. And I think that if I, if I can figure out how to do that, if I can keep that up, then that's what's required of me. And uh, at the probably the most bottom line thing is to make sure I remain present with everyone. Because if I get too roped into my work, regardless of if I'm making money or not, that's going to, that, that's the pitfall. I get it. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a lot to, to carry, I suppose. And it's, um, it's, it's not like you can just like, I guess maybe you can kind of do it if you, if you're disciplined enough and just make sure you're doing, you're making sure you're present every single day. This is going to sound ridiculous, but on my, I have a kind of a tracker thing on my watch. And, uh, one of the categories that I make sure I do every day is I do something with my cat. And, uh, if that means like meaningful play, like with one of his toys that he likes or, um, take him for a walk or just something. And it's this, I guess it's the same thing, you know, like I like make sure that I'm like, present with him at least once a day because if I don't do that then he won't I, I just feel like I owe that to him so maybe you know it's the same thing like you, you get really busy with work whatever but you can just once a day just be present with the people who are depending on you um that will uh that'll work um one of my closest friends gave me a, uh, an early birthday gift and i maybe i wasn't supposed to open it before my birthday but i did and i didn't once the wrapping paper was opened i was like 
oh, was I supposed to wait? Anyway, you know. <laughs> I, uh, so I opened it early. And, uh, and she gave me a notebook. You can see it in the, on the top of my bookshelf there. And, uh, it's an empty notebook. Can, can write whatever I want in it. And, uh, and she gave me another book that's here. It's called On Bullshit by someone named Harry G. Frankfurt. And, uh, between those two things, I felt so understood. I was like, wow, she actually knows who I am, really. I felt very seen, and uh, and that meant a lot. I think as far as like, um, maybe our, earlier when I was talking about what to, when, we, when we make something, when we feel the need to make something as an artist, or writer and there's kind of this back end where you need to be seen in some way or understood I feel like that kind of reciprocation like that feeling of like being seen and understood was like it brought me the the something that, that was very important so it's not like you got a million views on YouTube <laughs> Like, that's just like, that's one thing, but were you really, really understood? And maybe, like, maybe, and that could be really cool. But like, the way that that felt to get that gift really meant a lot. She also wrote a card and she wrote this, there's like a line in the card. There's a few lines, but one in specific that just like, I read the line and I just felt like, like I, I was like, like the 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 world fell out from beneath me it was such a so it's such a badass line of poetry like it just fucking was so sick <laughs> and i'll read you what it says where'd you go i have the envelope here I think I put the card in a special place. And now. You know when you when you put something somewhere that is supposed to be um, a smart place to put it and then you can't find it? Okay. Well, I wrote down, I wrote it down. So I'll read it off my phone here. Where did I put the, my card? I'm sure it's in a really smart place. What she wrote was, you were about to become a hero for a young lady. And when I read that line, it was in the card, and that just like it was like like i don't i can't even think of the word it wasn't shock but it was just like i was just like brought down to the level and uh it was so intense and and so true like 
you when you have a kid it's like it seems like you have the opportunity to like be like you're their hero by default it's like what do you what are you gonna do with that and and uh you know that's a that's that's a lot so yeah i don't know i've been like really emotional on all these podcasts <laughs> whatever fuck but that yeah that line where the fuck is the card like come on where did i put it it's maybe it's i don't know um but yeah it's just like it really it really hit anyway so so thank you it really meant a lot to to receive that and uh I won't forget it. Tomorrow afternoon, I was just feeding my cat and making sure that he had his medication. Now I'm looking forward to getting some rest. I'll watch some TV and then I will close my eyes and eventually I will fall asleep with the window open. Tonight, I'm so exhausted that I've remembered how much of a luxury it is to have a bed and a roof. The reason I'm so tired is that we were up very late last night talking about family stuff. Tomorrow afternoon, we are going to Costco. I'm looking forward to being less busy there than usual. I'm looking forward to getting some food for our fridge. I'm looking forward to being there tomorrow afternoon. But for now, I will get some sleep. Good. All of this is true. <laughs> um, all of this is true. And uh, it's a good good feeling is when you're just so excited to be in your bed as opposed to not and just having a bed and sleeping in it and that just being kind of an autopilot moment. The difference between those two things is really important. And, uh, you know, don't lose sight of it. Figure out a way to keep that, um, to keep that in your mind. Okay. How's our timing? It's good. We're fine. The grass will stand upward. And let me let me say let me tell you something. The uh, we did go to Costco. I guess that was Wednesday afternoon, and it was way. It was still really busy. I got my hay fever starting to really kick in, so you know my eyes are getting itchy. Um, it was still really busy at at Costco on the Wednesday afternoon, but it was it was a pretty good time to go. As opposed to 
in in the evenings it's usually insane and weekends as you know it's also insane so and even sometimes like like Miriam was back there on Friday afternoon getting the tires flipped and uh she said it was crazy so you know maybe Wednesday afternoon is the time to go if you can swing it but I know it's it's a tough time to uh make it happen all right next post the grass will stand upward each day a different thing happens I don't know if I have anything else to say about that. Instead, I will sit here patiently, the screen glowing on my face in the dark. Tomorrow, a different thing will happen. The sun will go on a tree, and a cloud will go across the sky. There will be many bugs in the grass, and the grass will stand upward, as it does. Um, I want, let me read that one more time. Each day, a different thing happens. I don't know if I have anything else to say about that. (laughs) That's really funny. Instead, I will sit here patiently. The screen glowing on my face in the dark. Tomorrow, a different thing will happen. The sun will go on a tree, and a cloud will go across the sky. There will be many bugs in the grass, and the grass will stand upward, as it does. I think that's actually a really good poem coming from me. I think... I think that's something that I may have written ironically 10 years ago. I th- I think that I'd be too afraid to write that and think that it was like enough 5 years ago. And I think that writing it now, I'm able to see the sense of humor without relying on ironic context. And I'm able to understand how simple it is and know that that's okay. And that I'm interested in in these things. So... I don't think I, I would necessarily recognize this as something I would have written before. And that strikes me as a good thing. So I am, I am happy with this. It strikes me as kind of um, different, though. It kind of stands as, um, in its own little little world in a way. Okay, this is how it went. I went to the library earlier this afternoon. I went to drop drop off some books, and I picked up a new one. I already read 30 pages of it when I got home. I'm happy that I got it. You never know which book will grab your attention. 
I'm hoping to read more tomorrow when I take the subway downtown. Afterward, we cooked some salmon on the barbecue and some potatoes and made a salad. Waited outside under the sun. Now I'm sitting here at my desk, remembering the afternoon and how it went. I forgot to mention, when I was at the library, they gave me a new card because mine was so worn out that it wouldn't even scan into the machine anymore. Okay, there's a there's something broken in this. I went to the library this afternoon. I went to drop off some books and picked, and I picked up a new one. I read three pages of it when I got home. I'm happy that I got it. You never know which book will grab your attention. I'm hoping to read more tomorrow. I take the subway downtown. After so, when I take the subway downtown, and then it says afterward we cook some salmon on the barbecue. That there's like a weird time jump. Um. I'm gonna say I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna take out the word afterward. I'm gonna write for dinner. For dinner, and then I'm gonna give it a break. Star star star. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight lines. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines. One, two, three, four. So there's three sections. It goes there's eight seven four different lines in the in the poem a lot of the time i'm have a compulsion to make sure that lines up in some way or there's a pattern but in this case i'll have to let it be um i feel like i can squeeze in one last edit here at the reading but to get into the amounts is unnecessary and that kind of compulsion for I guess order that way in like numerical order of like two lines, space, two lines, space, two lines, triple, you know, all of that kind of poetry organizing. Um, is, is, you got to abide by it as much as, I don't know, actually. I'm gonna, I, have, I don't know. It's really confusing at this point. Structure and form and poems and how much to abide by it in the 21st century <laughs> and how much um, not to. Anyway, um, I wrote this from a really authentic and excited place about really being, being so excited about getting this book, but... Um, now that I've actually read the book and talked about it so much, um, it uh, it's old news. Um, but that's okay. I'm not gonna. I won't dwell on that post. And okay, let me dwell on it a bit. I was so happy. So this library card obviously has been great, and uh, this is my old library card from the Toronto Public Library. And uh, on the top, it says, think, read, listen, enjoy, borrow, explore, watch, experience, learn, hear, see, discuss, contemplate, find your way. Toronto Public Library. This little card, I would pay, I'd say the value of this card and how many books I got out of it and how much I would 
pay for it market value ten thousand dollars <laughs> ten thousand dollars of value paid for by our taxes and uh it cost me not much at all but the barcode on the back i no longer it wasn't working on the machine so i went up to the the librarian there and i was like hey listen like i think i get a new card and she was very happy to give me a new card and so here is a brand new toronto public library card it's much more simple it has a blue background and it says tpl toronto public library so imagine the value of this card that is to come thousands of dollars free not free paid for by taxpayers but go get one wherever city town country you live go see your nearest library branch collect them now while supplies last because really the library system is too good to be true and it's the best so get a library card and you'll enjoy your life by getting one I'm trying to make the focus on the camera there it is toronto public library so very exciting all right the last post of the week let's read it we're going to the baseball game i will i will return later and describe how it went star 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 i enjoyed sitting there watching the game many of the innings came and went without advancing the score while i sat i thought of the book i have been reading the feeling of the book and its messages remained sometimes i caught myself staring at nothing I'm sure from the outside it looked like I was focused on the game, but often I was floating in the ether, lost in thought. It was good to go to the baseball game, even though we got home a bit later than I would have liked. Very good. Um, and that was, you know, it's really nice to, to go to the baseball game especially when it's nice outside and just getting to sit and, and, you know, it's like not too hot, but it's still quite warm and time just kind of slows down or something freezes when it's good once when, when you're in it. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that, especially when I first moved to Toronto and was able to go and see the major league games out here. Cause back home, we didn't have a, a team like that, so it's always really exciting. And, you know, I wish I could go again. And I can, and I will. But I would love to go again tonight. That'd be really fun. So I'm happy I got to go. And uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. So thank you for uh, for being here today. 
and uh, and listening. Um, and I don't have really a concluding thought for you, which is okay. I hope you had a a good week. And I hope that next week things are things go well for you. If you have the time to do a bit of writing, even 10 minutes, even one hour, even 10 hours, I hope you'll enjoy it and... Uh, and take take whatever time you can thank you and we'll see you again <laughs>